Hello and welcome to our worship for Sunday the 17th of January 2021, the second Sunday of Epiphany. This service is primarily for the churches of Ellesmere Port and Bromborough and I'm Steve Cooper. Our worship today is themed around recognising the voice and call of God on our lives and in his service. Let us pray. Come, let us worship the Lord who made us, who knows our every thought before it is formed. See the one from whom nothing is hidden. Hear him speak. Come, let us worship and listen. And so we hear and sing as we are able the song, Speak, O Lord, as we come to you.
and so let us join and continue to worship God in our prayers of adoration and confession. Creator God, how awesome you are. Our lives were known to you before we came into being. Marvellous Lord, everything we do, think and say, you know about. Such infinite wonder. Eternal loving God, ever helping us to see and be more like you. How awesome you are, glorious Lord. Everywhere we go, your hand is with us, always guiding and revealing your blessings as we praise, listen and act. Amen. Lord, we come before you to say sorry. Sorry for all the times we've let you, ourselves and others down. Sometimes, Lord, we're so busy talking and doing that we fail to hear you. We miss the still small voice saying, stop, listen. Lord, we're sorry for being too busy to hear you. You speak in so many different ways, Lord, one being through other people. But very often we take no notice and continue in our own way. Help us, Lord, to tune into your voice. Lord, as you use others to speak to us, so use, you use us to draw people to you. But speaking does not always require words. People see our lives, our attitudes and character. Lord, we're sorry for the times when we've let you down in these areas. When, you pr when we pressurise others to conform to our ideas or fail to listen and give others the space to draw closer to you. Lord, as we spend a few moments in personal reflection, we ask you to speak to us. Show us anything for which we need to say sorry and change our ways. Lord, we lift our confessions to you in your precious name. Amen. Father God, we thank you that we don't have to earn your forgiveness. It's not based on how worthy we are. We are forgiven through Christ Jesus. It is by grace that our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Amen. Today's reading is taken from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. And it is entitled, The Lord Calls Samuel. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night Eli, whose sight was becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went back and lay down. Again the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. 
Then Eli realised the Lord was calling to the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. In a moment, we're going to uh, see a part of a video produced by the Methodist Church introducing a new initiative called A Methodist Way of Life. It's a series of spiritual disciplines based on the way in which we as Methodists see our calling, our hearing of God, our listening to God and our responding to God. There are materials that are making their way slowly around the circuit. Things happen slowly with the current COVID restrictions, don't they? Uh, you may already have received a small booklet. Uh, if not, hopefully you will receive it fairly shortly. Uh, a booklet entitled A Method, A Brief Guide to a Methodist Way of Life. We're going to see a video that just introduces the first part of this Methodist way of life, reflecting on many of the, the questions, the challenges and the encouragements. And following that, I'll ask us briefly to use a couple of the uh, suggestions and comments about hearing and responding to God. So let's see this video. The speaker is the Reverend Dr. Roger Walton, who has been behind the production of this initiative and is a former president of the conference. Hello and welcome to the first of a series of videos about a Methodist way of life. My name is Roger Walton and in this video I'll be exploring the question what is a Methodist way of life? At its heart, a Methodist way of life is a simple set of reminders about what it means to be a Methodist. What it is we Methodists do, how we try to live out our Christian faith in everyday life. In other words, what we do to show we follow Jesus. Here is a Methodist way of life commitment card. I'm going to say these words out loud. Please feel free to join in with me. The calling of the Methodist Church is to respond to the gospel of God's love in Christ and to live out its discipleship in worship and mission. As far as we're able, with God's help, we will pray daily. We will worship with others regularly. We will look and listen for God in scripture and the world. We will care for ourselves and those around us. We will learn more about our faith. We will practice hospitality and generosity. We will help people in our communities and beyond. We will care for creation and all God's gifts. We will challenge injustice. We will speak of the love of God. We will live in a way that draws others to Jesus. We will share our faith with others. May we be a blessing within and beyond God's church for the transformation of the world. These commitments are closely linked with our calling. After several years of prayer and conversation, the Methodist Church came to a statement about what our church was to do and be in the 21st century. This statement, known as our calling, was accepted by the Methodist Conference in the year 2000. Notice that a Methodist way of life and our calling start with the same words. The calling of the Methodist Church is to respond to the gospel of God's love in Christ and to live out its discipleship in worship and mission. This is really important. We commit to these ways of living not because we think it will get us into God's good books, but because we already know that we are loved by God. God's love has been shown to us in Jesus, who was born as a human baby, taught a new way of living, died on the cross to reunite us with God and rose from the dead. 
we are loved. That's the good news. As John's Gospel puts it, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. In the letter of John, the words are, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice for sin. A few verses later, John puts it even more simply. He says, we love because he first loved us. We are loved. That's the good news. In response to God's love, we want to live for him and to participate in the mission of God in the world to transform all things and all people by love. That's what's meant by living out our discipleship in worship and mission. That's why in the Methodist way of life, we say we can pray daily, worship regularly, care for our neighbours, practice hospitality, challenge injustice, speak of the love of God. That's the Methodist way of life. Hearing the word of God in worship, responding to the work of God in worship in the booklet uh, that we will have received or be receiving. One of the patterns in each of the sections is entitled Breathe In and then another Breathe Out. They're very brief. The Breathe In is about thinking about how we hear God. And so in the worship section, it has these words to say. Two of our women in Methodism who reflect on worship. At one of our earliest A Way of Life gatherings, we decided to begin at the beginning with worship, focusing on prayer. We spent the next two hours over food discussing what prayer meant to us, how we pray, what we believe we are doing when we pray and debating what prayer isn't it was one of the most stimulating and helpful conversations about prayer i have had i pray to god when sad things happen in the world and in my church or in my family but i also say happy thank you prayers too I think it's important to talk to God and to listen to God as well. Breathe in God. How do you breathe in God? And breathe out. The breathe out sections give us questions for reflection. And in this section on worship, these are the questions and suggestions. What do you believe you are doing when you pray? What do you believe you are doing when you pray? Write down when you have recently felt God close to you. Take a photo of a place that helps you better recognise that God is with you. I hope and pray that over the next matter of months, no doubt, as we hopefully will begun, begin to gather together, we might find ways of gathering together around a Methodist way of life. It's a, it's a relearning in some ways, our ancient tradition of class meetings, of, of holding one another to account for our spiritual lives. And I hope along with the designers of A Methodist Way of Life, that this will be an opportunity to re-energise our lives and re-engage uh, in new ways or in old ways with God, with God's voice and with his call to us. So let us hear and sing another hymn, Come and See. Come and see, come and see 
the king of love we worship at your feet i worship the lamb who was slain Come and see the King of Love See the purple robe and crown of thorns he wears Soldiers mock, rulers sneer As he lifts the cruel cross Lone and friendless now he climbs towards the hill We worship at your feet Where wrath and mercy meet And the guilty world is washed By love's pure stream For as he was made sin Oh, help me take it of love cry out Father forgive I worship I worship the Lamb who was slain Come and we deeper than the wounds of thorn and air. All our pride, all our greed, all our fallenness and shame, and the Lord has laid the punishment on Him. We worship Oh, you are. 
The Gospel reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 43 to 51, entitled Jesus Calls Philip and Nathaniel. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom, in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Come and see. A couple of verses from our readings for us to reflect on. From Samuel two phrases here i am for you called me speak lord for your servant is listening and then from john's gospel we have found him about whom moses in the law and also the prophets spoke come and speak I wonder how you would describe your calling into Christian life and service. They may have been one and the same, but more commonly there are at least two different occasions and perhaps many different occasions, a whole series of callings into a deeper walk with and for God in Christ. For some of us, we may have sort of progressed through a Christian home, perhaps Sunday schools, youth groups, and on into church membership almost seamlessly, with maybe a mini rebellion, typically in our teens, where attending church did little for us. For, other, for others, there was not that heritage to build on. And it was a conscious decision at some point in life to explore the strange habits of church, maybe inspired by, by what we'd seen in others who go to church, or, or not. Possibly at a later stage we've sensed a calling into doing something, or visiting Sunday school helper or teacher, local preacher or, or ordained ministry or, or many other calls. 
it may have come in a number of ways. And in the Methodist Church, we expect to explore how that call is discerned as part of the training process to fulfil such roles. Though it has to be said that over a number of years, we've sometimes accepted willing volunteers, especially for local church roles, without too much detailed discernment. In the circuit where I trained as a local preacher many years ago, we had, as was common in those times, people who were called auxiliary preachers or helpers, people in whom there was confidence that they were competent to lead a service and to preach without having submitted themselves to the rigour and discipline of the prescribed study for an accredited local preacher. Sometimes these were people who had previously worshipped and led worship in other denominations, and it was at that time felt inappropriate to insist that they retrain in Methodism. Others were people who had served long in Methodism, or had been, and perhaps still were really, Methodist readers, which meant that they were appointed to read, supposedly word for word, a prepared service authorised by the connection. When they were simply not enough authorised preachers to fill the plan. Some of them amended the script from time to time. One such person was David. He was a competent leader of worship, and in truth, when reading a prepared sermon, his alterations and embellishments brought them to life in a way that strict adherence to the script would not have done. Ministers and local preachers had over several years encouraged David to consider the call to preach discerning that he had that view. But David was adamant that whilst others may discern the gifting, he had no sense of having been called to this ministry. We often joked with him that until he heard God specifically calling him in a foot of the bed Samuel-like incident, or a Pauline Damascus Road, he would never respond and become a local preacher. We left the area before this and lost her, so I don't know whether David ever did respond and become a local preacher. But whenever I hear this passage from Samuel, I'm reminded of David and others. Samuel was, of course, a young boy given to the temple in dedication as the firstborn son and was finding the ways of the temple. He simply assumed that when he heard a voice calling in the night, that it was his mentor Eli. And it took Eli's wisdom and experience eventually to recognise that it was God himself calling out. How do we discern that calling of God? Or do we risk putting false conditions on his call that may make sense to us, but are passable possibly laughable to God. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not clever enough. I don't have the right background. Are we willing to test our calling with trusted mentors? This is a question about our Christian walk, lifestyle, and choices are at the heart of the Methodist Way of Life initiative that we looked at earlier. 
It does, I think, go hand in hand with the God for all, evangelism and growth strategy. At our Methodist conference meeting by Zoom last June, la uh, endorsed and is now being it is based around a vision of every church being a growing church and every member being an evangelist. But let's be clear, th this strategy is not suggesting that we all need to be standing in the street declaiming the gospel, nor going door to door to press the case of Christ. Those may be legitimate callings for some, but for most of us, it is more about regaining our confidence and faith in our Lord. It is reflecting the approach of Philip towards Nathaniel. Philip was among the first whom Jesus encountered and called to follow him. Having recognised the promise of God in Jesus, he finds Nathaniel and invites him to explore who Jesus is. Philip describes what he has learned of Jesus in terms that would be both challenging to and an encouragement for Nathaniel, as we find when Jesus and Nathaniel do meet. Jesus commends him. The image of him being under a fig tree is one of him being satisfied with his lot, having found contentment. Indeed, living the dream of all true Israelites. And so Nathaniel is initially quite disparaging. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's clearly well-schooled in the Jewish faith, knows about the hope and expectation for a new Messiah, and anticipates that he will come through a priestly or prophetic, and that there is seemingly no historic precedent for such traditions being found in the insignificant village of Nazareth. So how could Philip, and we imagine the other disciples whom Jesus had drawn to himself, have recognised this promise in someone from there, even a carpenter? But Philip himself was convinced and issues a very simple invitation. Come and see. It is, I firmly believe, this approach that is behind the evangelism and growth strategy. And it is the right one. The challenge for us is that, if we're honest, most of us are not very good at invitations. We may be worried that if we invite a friend or neighbour to church, they might come on the wrong Sunday, a day when the preacher is perhaps not to our taste. We're worried that our tradition might be. I well remember with some pain a conversation with a very close friend well over 40 years ago, when frankly I got it completely wrong. He asked me, after a long conversation with other friends, about coming to church. And in all sorts of ways, I put the light off. I had preconceived ideas as to how the church would respond in. I regret that conversation to this day. But one of the things I've come to recognise about is that we started from the wrong place. We were talking about coming and seeing how church was. 
or alas, as it turned out, not come to see how to do it. Whereas the evangelistic conversation should have been to come and see who Jesus Christ, my Saviour, is. Come and see the impact he had, has on my life. Come and explore what drives me to be the person that I am and aspire by faith to be. That is the come and see that Philip spoke to Nathaniel. An invitation to set aside any religious preconceptions or thoughts about the practice of religion, but an invitation to come and see the one who had impacted Philip's own life and would continue to do so, in order that Nathaniel could make up his own mind. That way, Nathaniel could then be equipped himself to, whether to, to respond when the voice called to him as Samuel. Someone once said, evangelism is simply one beggar telling another beggar where he has found food. A Methodist way of life may give us or remind us of the tool that will help us to have the confidence to make suitable invitations that others may indeed come and see that the Lord is good. Amen. And so let us join in our prayers for others. Loving God, we do not belong to ourselves, but to you. You call us by name. You say to us, follow me. You call us into the world. You speak to us through the voices of prophets, politicians and poets. We pray for those who question our complacency by speaking out against injustice and oppression. You speak to us through the voices of those with whom we work, play and live. We pray for those whose conversations with us challenge us to show your love in our everyday lives. You speak to us through the voices of the needy, the unwanted and the dispossessed. We pray for the victims of greed and warfare who cry out to us for help. Loving God, we do not belong to ourselves, but to you. Show us what we should do. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. You call us into the world. You say to us, follow me, through a lifetime of loving and giving. We pray for those who need our friendship, those who are neglected, needy or misunderstood. You say to us, follow me into the dark places of sin and suffering. We pray for those who need our support, those who are ill, sorrowful or isolated. You say to us, follow me into the kingdom of light and joy and peace. We pray for those who need to hear the message of the hope that we have found in Christ. Loving God, we do not belong to ourselves, but to you. Show us what we 
but to do speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And so let us join together as we bring to God the prayer that Jesus Christ, our leader, teacher and saviour, taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into death, but deliver us from evil. Thine the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And so let us draw our worship towards its close with the hymn 673 in singing the faith. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name?
and a closing prayer and blessing. Lord, you call us to yourself that we might worship and serve you. And you send us from that encounter not to be apart from you, but that we might take you with us into all that we are and do. That we might be your presence and blessing in a world that in meeting with us, friends, neighbours and strangers, might come and see that you are good. And so bless us anew in the fullness of your love, grace and mercy for the sake of the gospel of Christ. Amen.